This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. Today, we are going to be talking about Michael Porter Jr. and his injury. He's going to be out for the season. We're talking his draft stock and how it's going to affect the NBA draft. We're also going to be talking about Kyrie Irving for MVP. We also got lined up Kawhi Leonard returning to the Spurs and how that's going to affect the Spurs. But Dave, before mm-hmm. we do that, we got to talk about our damp dudes, our soggy shooters, our wet boys for the week. We got two guys lined up. We have one yep. repeat and one new member joining the club. Start us off, Dave. All right, so the uh, two-time joining the club, Ben Simmons. He is a two-time wet boy. And look, I want to give it to, and I don't want to be a homer for the uh, 76ers. You know I'm a big fan, but let's be honest, he deserves the credit he's getting. He played against Golden State and Utah in his last two games. He popped off against Golden State, almost getting a triple-double, 23-8-12. Tw- uh, I'm sorry, 23-8-12 against Golden State. Mm-hmm. Play the best team in the league. And then, yeah, Utah, 27-10-2, four steals, though. Like, I'm sorry, he's one of the most balanced young players in the league. He can do it all. And for a rookie, I know he's a second-year rookie technically, but the composure and the um, basketball IQ is off the charts for this kid. And you bring, you know, Ben Simmons' great game against the Warriors. He was fantastic, almost a triple-double. Yep. But they lost that game. The reason they they lost that game is because the Warriors just absolutely obliterated them (laughs) in the third quarter. That was mostly due to my wet boy, our first-time wet boy in Steph Curry. He popped off for 35 against the Philadelphia 76ers there, shot 4-9 from 3, 11 of 22 from the field, 9-9 from the free throw line. I know Ricky loves that, but looking (laughs) at the past two games against the 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets, popping off for 37 points per game, a a, a steal and a half, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists. He also got 42% from 3 and 54% from the field. Steph Curry, we know he's one of the best shooters in the league. You also got to look at the Warriors and this team with Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry. Steph Curry, I mean, if you ask KD, he might say that Steph is still the leader of this team. Oh. You know, KD might be the more natural scorer, might, probably might be the better all-around player, but Steph Curry, still yeah. two-time MVP, he's absolutely ridiculous, probably the greatest shooter we've ever seen in the NBA. But anyways, tell us your wet boys of the week down in the comments below. Dave, clearly a two-timing whore here picking Ben Simmons twice. But anyways, Dave, let's move on now to Michael Porter Jr. and his draft stock in the NBA draft. We talked about him last week with the Chicago Bulls possibly looking at him to pick him up, but on Tuesday, Missouri announced that their freshman is going to miss the remainder of the college basketball season due to back problems. He's going to go undergo back surgery. He played a minute or two minutes in his college <laughs> career. Had a, had a bucket, shoot a hundred percent, shot a hundred percent from the field. I can't talk today. Shot a hundred percent from the field, but obviously did not play enough, uh, at least in the college game, to see what his true fit was, how he was going to look out there. Really didn't get to see him against a, you know an okay Iowa State team. But looking at it, how much do you think this will affect Michael Porter Jr.'s draft stock? I don't think there's going to be as much of a drop-off as we have seen in past cases like uh, Harry Giles did, you know, where mm-hmm. he went from like the unanimous number one out of high school to you know going 20 overall because of his multiple injuries. This is one injury. It's a back. The only concern I really had was that this injury actually occurred earlier, mm-hmm. and it was misdiagnosed, uh, which led to him playing on it more, which obviously complicates things. Yeah. But in all honesty, this is one of the most heavily scouted talents that we've seen in a long time like we've got videotape of him in college or in high school you've got videotape of him at the under 18 um fiba tournament 
which he popped off in and looked amazing. So I don't think the college time really is going to, like, him not playing in college isn't going to hurt. It's all about his recovery time because I think they're estimating a three- to four-month downtime for him. That still gives him plenty of time to come back, get ready for for workouts, for everything you need before the draft to prove that you're back to where you should be. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to drop out of the top five. Really? Yeah, I think I think he's still a staple for the top of this draft. Do you think it pushes him away from the number one pick, though? Because obviously, you know, he's not going to be able to play. He's not going to be able to, you know, show off what he had in yeah. college. Obviously, he had the recruit, like you mentioned. But, you know, people were saying, and I was one of them, that he might be a number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. I thought he was probably the best player in this NBA draft. Obviously, need would come into it a bit. But yeah. looking at him, I thought he was probably the best athlete and with the highest potential in this draft. Do you f- still feel like he could possibly at least get the number one pick in the number one selection? Yeah, I think there's there's still uh, a, an outside hope, outside sliver of hope, and that's really only if we see like Doncic kind of uh, waver a little bit and Eurobot, which he hasn't done yet. But it's not saying he it can't happen. The thing is, is like the, his development in college, we didn't really need to see a ton anyway. It was just, is he going to continue at his current level? Great, he's super worth it. It's not like he really needed to um, improve his play a ton in college to yeah, separate himself out. He was already, like you said, in that 1-2-3 discussion, really. It's, is Aiton going to overperform right now? Because he's looked like a monster at times, other times Butterfingers. And if though either of Doncic or Aiton stumbles a little bit, and if he looks great coming off of this injury, I think he's right there in that discussion because of his top side. It's that upper potential. We're not worried about where they're at now. It's where they will be at their top potential. And the thing with Porter, too, the thing that you wanted to see in college is obviously him get a, you know, a more consistent shot out there. He's got a pretty decent stroke. It looks yeah. a little wonky, but it's not as bad as Lonzo Ball out there. <laughs> and if he's able to hit that shot, then it's, it's obviously going to you know, be great in the minds of yeah. scouts. And you also look, you also want to see a little bit of take more of a step, at least as a playmaker as well but also the one thing with at least his college performance you want to see him dominate out there because the one thing you know talent if you're able to dominate in the college game you're able to at least dominate in high school you're most likely going to be able to dominate at some point in your NBA career but we haven't been able to see that in college we saw you know Ben Simmons at LSU dominate the the, the whole league and and the whole college game but he didn't take his team to the tournament which is interesting well you look at Fultz as well he wasn't able to take his team to the tournament as well and and Missouri was kind of a fringe team at least to go to the tournament so overall Porter obviously going to take a hit um, I feel like it's probably going to knock him out uh, of the number one overall, you know, yeah. kind of conversation at least for a bit as well. Because obviously, you know, Aiton's going to be performing, Bagley's going to be performing, uh, Donatich is obviously yep. going to be out there and, and performing, and it's kind of going to take Porter out of the public eye. And, mm-hmm. and now I don't think people are going to forget about him exactly, but when they are looking at tape and looking at stats, they're just going to worry how much you know he is going to be able to come back. And again, he is young right now. You know what? Uh, Nineteen years old, eighteen He's years 18, old, yeah. eighteen years old. Um, it's, he's obviously still young and obviously can still come back from this, but back problems at 18 is very worrisome. Because, you know, we've talked about guys with injuries before. Joel Embiid obviously injured um, in his college days, and, and, and he fell from, you know, possibly a number one overall pick to third overall. How much do you think the back injury might affect his, you know, growth and at least his top level? Do you feel like that might take away from his possible potential? You were right with 19, by the way. Um, okay. But... No, I, I don't think... I'm ter- we're terrible with math. I mean, it's numbers not, it's in not general. That, it's not that we, like, we're just terrible. <laughs> I look at 98, April 1st, 1998. It's just, I, I can't do the math in my head. I'm just stupid. But yeah, I, the only concern is if it's going to be a reoccurring issue. And uh, an injury like this, I don't foresee it coming, you know, as a long-term chronic injury. Uh, obviously, you, you're afraid of back injuries, you're afraid of, like, foot, ankle, knee. Those are all critical pieces. But 
he's not a guy who is like overwhelming in size. He's not like 250, 260. It's not where there's going to be a ton of stress on his back. I don't foresee this being something that will like cloud his future career. I think it's honestly it's it's not the worst thing to happen to him because he can take this time off, rehab, and then he can work on his game. He doesn't have to concentrate on the ins and outs of college life. He doesn't have to concentrate on the college game, traveling so much. Mm-hmm. He can develop some of those individual skills. I know the one thing you said was as a playmaker, we want to watch him develop. That's the only area where you will be concerned. Um, you know, I don't foresee him developing as a playmaker without being able to play with other people. Yeah. But the individual skills, I think he can come back just as sharp. And one thing with Porter, too, that I just want to mention is that, you know, if he does take a fall, someone's obviously going to have to step mm-hmm. up and, and rise up above. Who do you think is going to benefit the most from Porter being out? Uh, is it going to be Donatich who plays a similar position and, and possibly could fit a need more? Or do you think mm-hmm. it's one of these guys like Aiton Bagley? Um, you look at Bamba. Do you yeah. think it's going to be one of these guys that take kind of a step up? I, I think I honestly think it's probably Bagley's going to take the step up because a lot of people are criticizing um his game and his lack of the ability to create his own shot, his, his poor shooting mechanics in general, and it, honestly, with him, it's not a it's not an issue of motor. Obviously, he he is balls to walls all day um, and athletic, but it's that well rounded game. It's the ability to have some basketball IQ, some good court vision. Um, obviously, he's transitioning into a power forward, so he needs to muscle up. Like he's a guy who raw could transition very well to the NBA. Um, I see him as the guy who's probably going to move up. I don't think Doncic is affected at all by Porter's injury. I think he's doing his own thing in Europe. He is well, why the most think he's proven talent. Because they, they still sit, play the same position. So Roughly, if, there yeah. is, if there is a need, you don't think that I, Porter... The, the difference Porter is I already being, had Doncic marked above him. But it, even for people who have Porter above him, like yeah. me, you don't think that if Doncic continues to perform and then Porter is dealing with an injury, you don't think that might flip for people? Or do you think that it doesn't ma- it, like the injury really doesn't matter to these people because they've seen enough of Porter, like you mentioned, yeah. and they've seen enough of Doncic? I, I think the under-18 tournament really helped out Porter. Like If he hadn't played in that tournament... And I know it's only a handful of games, but still, it's a handful of games against some of the top young talent in the world, which out, which beats out the college game. No offense mm-hmm. to college games, but like you have like world-class talent, then you have, uh, obviously, college is right below that. So, in my opinion, I think you're either, and I don't want to be like de- dis- divisive about this, but you either believe Doncic can be you know, a top talent in the NBA, or you going along with the, no, he's not athletic enough, he's not dynamic enough, he's not a, like, a killer, he's, he can't score at, like, um, he can't take over games as well, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going for. I get it, Porter, can, Porter potentially can do all of those things. Doncic looks more polished right now. It's where do you see the potential at the top end, and I don't think this really, I, I, I'm at a wash. I don't think this affects my opinion of either one of these players. And, and like you mentioned, Porter's obviously going to be able to be back for that May combine. He's able to be working out then. Um, obviously, we had you know a similar kind of you know talks with OG Ananubi last yeah. year. We weren't sure if he was going to be able to you know work out. How was that going to affect his draft combine? And then he he and he ended up you know trying out for teams, working out for them. And then people saw his talent, and that's why he yeah. went you know high on the draft. So obviously we've seen guys before who've suffered major injuries. I mean, I think uh, Ananobi tore his ACL. Yeah, and that was a more severe injury. Yeah, Um, I mean, spinal surgery. But it's it's not easy. It's not easy. But again, three to four months. Yeah, it's not that crazy of a a return. But Porter can definitely you know make up for what he lost in the combine. Do you think though, if he had a fantastic you know kind of Ben Simmons like 
um, college if career, do you off. think that, yeah, if he popped off, do you think that he would have been for sure the number one overall pick because of his ceiling? I, I do. I, I'm one of those guys who I like what he could do. I like the dynamicness of his position and where it's, where it's going to be in the NBA is we've gone to a wing-heavy league, and I think that he has all the natural talent to mm-hmm. be an excellent wing, and he looked like he had a lot of the basketball talent to kind of take it to the next level. So when it comes to, like... I, I, the only thing, and I just keep going back to it, is as long as he returns healthy, that's the big question. If there's any complications in the surgery, if there's any complications in his um, rehab. rehab, then obviously this all goes into question. But potential-wise, I had him higher than Bagley. And mm-hmm. I know that's not consensus. I, and I know, like, I honestly like him better than, you know, like Aiton, even be, before the season. Once I started to see what Aiton could do, I can see, like, they're very close as far as where they could be top-end talent-wise. But Porter, I think, because of his position, because of the way he played, I would have put him as the number one for potential. One thing I want to bring up is is on ESPN, obviously they've gotten rid of uh, our boy, Chad Ford. They yeah. brought in the guys from Draft Express. <laughs> and Giovanni, uh, I think I'm saying his name right, said that it, he when it is, at the start of the season he was number two in their mock draft. Now he's going to fall mid-lottery. Do you think that's uh, too much of an overreaction? Yeah, I, I think that's a hardcore hot take. Um, he said that he can work his way up. But in the next mock draft, <laughs> he's going to be in the mid-lottery. He could still wait, work his way up you when can he say, closer and closer to the draft. I mean, that, that's a joke. I'm sorry. Like you can, you can hot take it all you want. I don't think that he can work his way back up while he's injured. Like There's mm-hmm. no change in his status unless other people underperform, which happens. You always see rises and fallers throughout the college season. I just think that his talent, his potential, and his all-around package, even with the injury, still warrants a top five. It's kind of like Joel Embiid, where... You had a big man with injuries, yeah. and he was the consensus one before the draft. Went out with an injury, and you I don't know knew. If he was consensus one. I mean, he was, he, was going, a, he was going up against Wiggins and Parker. I mean, those he was two a dominant both, force but in college. Both, the, both those guys both played wing positions. Again, even in 2014, yeah. it wasn't like people were still looking for their big man to build around a franchise. Yeah. So I mean, Wiggins and, and Parker. It wasn't like it was crazy that those guys went before Embiid. I think I think it was more likely that Embiid, if he had not been injured, would have been the overall mm-hmm. overall number one. But regardless, it's that it's how far will an injury make you afraid of somebody. And the thing is, too many people are short-sighted about injuries. If it's not a chronic injury, if it's not something that is likely to pop back up time and time again, you have to look at these kids, and they are kids as 19-year-old talents who will develop in the next five to eight years. Mm-hmm. You can't just be like, well, he's injured now, so let's go for somebody else. Like, No, his top end is still higher. Then and it might be marginally higher, but it's still higher than what I believe other teams have seen for players. And the final thing I want to bring up, just because it is you know very recent and, and kind of topical. Yeah. Markel Fultz gets injured. They draft him. The 76ers do, yep. and obviously you know he he injured himself from you know after the college season to when he started playing in the NBA in the regular yeah. season. Obviously now that he's been injured, we haven't seen him on the court. Do you think that you know? Now with that injury, do you think the 76ers are kind of regretting their decision with some of these guys? And do you think that that could possibly play out with Porter? I'm not saying that they should, but do you think that you know this is possibly something that now looking at Fultz, do you think the teams are possibly taking into their consideration? I think that's a fair question. The, the one concern with Fultz was obviously he was working out with his own personal trainer, mm-hmm. and teams might wrangle that in a little bit more for the yeah. younger prospects. They might be like, no, you should work out with our guys. We have a whole training staff on board for you to help you develop the way we see best. And I would trust them over a personal trainer who you may have worked with before, but you know you don't have the expertise of working with NBA quality uh, talent. So I, I I see the injury concerns. 
you know, from an NBA level, and it's it's an investment. That's the thing is you're investing millions of dollars in the future of your franchise, and for some of these guys, this could be their first or last decision as, mm-hmm. as you know running this team. So, yeah, there's valid concerns about injuries uh, for these young kids coming in, but I just. I'm sorry, it's the NBA draft. Its potential outweighs everything else. Yeah, I think ultimately Michael Porter Jr. will be able to work himself back into the discussion of number one overall pick. Will he be the number one overall pick? I probably don't think so. I think so. somebody's going to get a bargain with him at like five. Yeah, I was iffy on him being the number one overall pick. I thought talent-wise he was the number one overall pick, but you know, if people were saying Aiton was number one overall pick, Bamba, or uh, you know, Donatich, or even Bagley, was, was the number one overall all in their mind, I wasn't really... Blaming right. them because we haven't seen any of yeah, we haven't seen anyone really pull themselves apart or even yeah. you know you look at a guy uh, Jaron Jackson out in New Michigan State he's having a fantastic yeah. season as well. Um, again, I wasn't really sold on any of these guys yet as the for sure number one like I was with Ben Simmons like mm-hmm. I was with Markel Fultz. Um, but I think Porter can definitely with his talent like we mentioned he's heavily scouted if he comes back healthy and has a great combine people are going to see the you know athleticism they're going to see the vert they're going to see the speed they're going to yeah. see his ability at least as a natural athlete to put the ball on the floor and attack the rim and then also if he's able to again work on that shot while he's injured while he's mm-hmm. rehabbing and also hopefully as a playmaker once he finally steps onto the court in an NBA jersey I think that's definitely going to help one thing I do want to mention though I know there was some rumblings saying that Michael Porter wasn't even sure if he was going to come out after this that, year. Yeah. So this is definitely playing into my mind because he didn't get to play with his dad. <laughs> Missouri hires his dad to be his coach, and now his dad is not able to coach his son because he gets injured right away. So I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's definitely going to be interesting and something to watch that Porter possibly, <laughs> think very, very slim, maybe like 3% chance of it right. happening, that Michael Porter stays. But it. It's out there. It is. It's out there, and and some people have talked about it. So let us know what you think about Michael Porter Jr.'s draft stock in the comments down below. Do you think he is still a top-five pick, or are you agreeing with the uh, the Draft uh, Express ESPN writer saying that he's now a mid-lottery pick? I think that's absolutely insane, especially what what we've seen throughout his high school and and under-18 and then also the two minutes of his college (laughs) career. But let us know what you think about Michael Porter Jr. in the comments down below. This is probably going to be our last topic on him for a while since yeah. he won't be playing. So uh, three straight weeks of Michael Porter topics, but this was probably going to be the last one. But anyways, Dave, we're moving on now to Kyrie Irving and talks of him being a possible <laughs> MVP. 16 straight wins, wins for the Celtics. They start the season 0-2, now 16 straight wins. And you look at Kyrie, obviously, the big name acquisition um, for the Celtics in the offseason. There was always talk about Gordon Hayward going to the Celtics. Yeah. But Kyrie going out trading for him was absolutely huge for Danny Ainge and the Boston Celtics, a trade that we both loved. Mm -hmm. And looking at Kyrie so far, he just popped off for 47 points against Dallas. He had 48 straight points without a miss, dating back from that Hawks (laughs) game into that Dallas game. He's been absolutely on fire. Best team right now in the Eastern Conference, best team in the league. They just got to win over the Warriors. Do you think Kyrie Irving can be the MVP this year? I think he's put his name firmly in that conversation. I don't know if he can be, like, Obviously, this seem, this is unsustainable. Like, in mm-hmm. my mind, there's just no way that he can keep up at the pace that he's at or the cab. I mean, right now, he's only at 22.5 points per game. At least statistically. Yeah, it's statistically. Not, he, I, he can probably, you know, exceed what he's currently doing, yeah. but at least the Celtics. It's the Celtics as a whole, and I think that's what does, it's the, if the Celtics are a team that gets up to 60, 65 wins, mm-hmm. I think that enormously helps his case for MVP. I think their success is the bonus factor for what Kyrie could do because you're right statistically this season he's down from where he was last year he's playing uh, I don't, I don't want to say worse but he, he's not playing as well from a stat line basis 
And you know MVP is a lot. I mean, last it's, year I mean, it was literally one by a stat line. Yeah. The triple double it was, won. It was MVP. who's going to have the better stat line. It's yep. going to be James Harden or Russell Westbrook. And obviously, yes. Russ triple double. That got him the win. Absolutely. And, and he dragged his team kicking and screaming to the playoffs mm-hmm. without talent. So that's the other thing. And this year, again, we see the very, very top of the MVP race. It looks like James Harden again. So you have a guy who we've seen Chris Paul obviously working his way back in. So his stat line we expected to drop a little. Hasn't yet, but it might, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think Kyrie, honestly, he needs his team. He needs to help his team be successful to win MVP. If he can put up 25 and, like, I don't even know, 25, 6, and 6, like, yeah, that could be an MVP this year. But the, the problem is there's so many unique talents in the NBA. Like, it's team success is what's going to take his case over the top. And looking at team success, obviously they are just absolutely succeeding off the page right now with 16 <laughs> straight wins, but also defensively. Yeah. As a whole, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kyrie Irving himself, Al Horford have all been yeah. absolutely fantastic. You look at defensive win shares, it's like six of six of the top 20 are all Boston Celtics. <laughs> I mean, they are just absolutely dominating on that side. They held the Warriors to under 90 points. It was absolutely ridiculous yeah. what they're doing. I don't think Kyrie has a chance to win MVP. I know right now he is the best player. He's a hot name. Just scored 47. I don't think he has a chance, though, and it's not because of anything that he's doing, but you look at Boston, that's a team right now that's winning. It's not, They're not winning because of a player. They're getting contributions from Al Horford, who's having a fantastic season right now. Yeah. They ha- you're getting great contributions. We just talked about, we just talked about it last week. Jalen Brown has been playing off the page. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum has been fantastic oh, yeah. as a rookie, and we're going to talk about him in the OT edition. Probably a top three rookie this year, and you look at every other player that's been able to step up, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, these guys are having fantastic seasons. Mm-hmm. I think it's just going to be so tough when and, you know, people look at Kyrie, they won't have, he won't have that sexy stat line, but then I also think people will realize Brad Stevens by far is coach of the year. And <laughs> Kyrie Irving's having a great year, but I don't think it's, and, and it's all about this Boston mentality that's not yeah. about one player, it's about the team. And, and I think that it's going to go more towards team success and they're going to credit to every single player. And if they can give MVP to a whole team, Boston <laughs> might win it. But... Kyrie, I don't think, will do enough in the end to get that ranking and get that you know honor of MVP. And it's not because I think his stat line's going to dip or anything. I think he can easily sustain 22 points per game and, and, and at the efficiency he's doing, he's shooting for like 46% right now. <laughs> Kyrie can easily do that. Yeah. But I just think that ultimately Boston will not do enough to at least wow them, at least when it comes to the standings. I think the Cavs are, are going to be able to bounce back. I think the Warriors are obviously going to have a fantastic season. And then you're going to see a guy like James Harden Obviously, carry his team or, or Russell Westbrook or Giannis. Know, we talked about him earlier. Giannis as well. Giannis yeah. is obviously not hot right now, so yeah. it's something that you know he's not averaging. What? Well, that's the early added, on, early on in the season was like the Anthony Davis thing last oh year, where he was God. averaging like 40, 15, <laughs> and seven blocks. I mean, obviously yeah. Giannis is taking a step back, but Giannis, well, they've also added in you know Eric Bledsoe, and mm-hmm. they changed the dynamic of how that team works as well. And Giannis obviously can you know always bounce back as well. Yeah. So I mean, we look at all these players. Kawhi Leonard could also you know maybe Kawhi just starts taking yeah, the spurs on a run, if he comes and, back, and, and has a great year. So I just think there's too much against Kyrie, and especially just with the way Boston is, I don't think he's he's able to get that name, you know, put into. Well, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago we were talking about you know the you know Isaiah Thomas list Celtics success and was Kyrie to credit, and we we unanimously decided no, it was Al Horford, it was the other guys stepping up. Yes, mm-hmm. Kyrie was playing well, but he wasn't leading the team as well. He wasn't as critical to the team as Al Horford stepping up and being a leader of that team. So it's kind of funny that, you know, two weeks later we're here talking about Kyrie Irving because he's played so extremely well as of late. 
being in the case for MVP, it's it's kind of funny that we've kind of made that transition. But I, I'm with you. I think that there's just it's an outside shot. But you're right. It's entirely based off of will he continue to grow as like a stat line because that's. 90% of what they're looking well, for. And you also look at you know what people do off the ball, without the ball, on the other end. Defensively, yeah. Al Horford's been a monster this year. I mean, he, he, shutting down the opponent's big, he's been one of the best in the NBA. Yeah, obviously, we talked last year a ton about his inability to rebound. But <laughs> yeah. again, as a team, rebounding, they've been absolutely fantastic. So I think just with the Boston Celtics, again, it's not about any one specific player. It's going to be about the whole team, and Kyrie's going to put up the most points probably. Al Horford, though, might mean more to this team. And mm-hmm. if we're talking about most valuable players, that's the one thing is I think that you know Al Horford might possibly get that <laughs> honor over Kyrie even when it comes to a team basis. So I think Kyrie, again, he's red hot so far, and if he takes another step yeah. where he's averaging 27, something like Isaiah Thomas was doing last year, and this right. is a team that, again, like you said, gets 65 wins, I think he could definitely become... MVP, but now going away from Kyrie, who do you think could possibly be winning this MVP? Who's your, you know, at least right, leading? Right now, the runaway favorite is still uh, it's still James Harden in my mind. Like he is, he's doing it all and he's making it look easy, which mm-hmm. is what kills me because I thought the rule change for his bullshit fouls last year uh, would have changed his game, would have maybe made him take a step back. Nah, he's just he's out there playing and looks like carefree half the time. It's insane, and this is a team that added Chris Paul. I was like, oh, well, they're going to split duties, but because of his injury, we've seen James Harden continue to roll forward, be extremely efficient, kill it from the free throw line on a nightly basis, and just there's not a damn thing he doesn't do well except for, you know, play defense all the time. And one thing, this is a stat from ESPN, just going back to Kyrie. Yeah. He is probably the clutchest player in the NBA right now, shooting 61.5% uh, in the clutch situations when the scoring differential is five points or less in the final five minutes. So Kyrie has been clutch, and that's obviously going to play into MVP voting. But I think I'd agree with you. James Harden right now has just been absolutely fantastic. He's been loading up the stat line, I think. Yeah. Again, when you look at it, it's probably going to be the stat line that wins it. And, and you know, before we've seen it, where Statline hasn't won it. We've seen, you know, Kobe put up around like 35 and be beat out by Steve Nash. <laughs> Same with Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq's been beaten out by Steve Nash, who probably had a better Statline. I just feel ultimately it's probably going to be a guy that not only makes the playoff with his team, it's going to be very similar to the Russ situation. Now they makes the playoffs with his team, but like a Giannis who's averaging 29, 10, and 4, or a James Harden who's averaging over 30 and ridiculous numbers as well. Yeah. I think it's 39, 5, yeah. yeah. 39, 5. I think that's probably going to be the guy who ends up taking it. But let us know who you think is going to win the MVP. Down in the comments below, do you think it's going to be Kyrie Irving? We know you Boston Celtics fans. Have <laughs> flocked to this video and called this morons already. We love you so much. Yeah, but we do. Let us know in the comments down below who you think is going to win the MVP. But anyways, let's move on now to our final topic. We're talking Kawhi Leonard and the San Antonio Spurs. Right now, the Spurs 11-6, two straight wins over the Thunder and the Hawks tonight. They're playing against the New Orleans Pelicans and Dave Kawhi Leonard. Sources say that he's going to be back soonish. Oh, yeah. Love that timetable. Very professional. He's going to be back soonish, probably around Christmas at the latest. We're we're hoping a little before, but yeah, I mean, it's pop. You know, they're winning games. Like, why do you need to bring Kawhi Leonard back? Just let him rest to the playoffs. Well, he's going to come back at some (laughs) point. And looking at Kawhi Leonard, obviously, last year was a candidate for MVP. Yeah. What do you think that Kawhi will bring to this team that's needed right now? Because right now, leading scorer is LaMarcus Aldridge, averaging 22 points per game. We know that Kawhi averaged last year his best uh, performance, at least point per game-wise, with 25.5. Um, obviously, a ridiculous defender oh, yeah. with, with a under 100 defensive rating for his career. What do you think he's going to bring to this team that this team right now is lacking? 
he he brings back leader, leadership. He brings back the go-to guy mentality, and he brings back an amazing quantity of defense. Being able to take out their number one player, no matter who it is, one through five, you can put Kawhi Leonard on him, and you don't have to worry. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, you know the the Dwight Howard matchups, the Shaq like level quality of bigs doesn't really you know whatever. But everybody else, you don't have to worry. Kawhi Leonard is a shutdown defender still. So what it brings back is a huge winning mentality, having a leader on the court again. The thing that honestly concerns me is like, is this going to mean the disappearance of Lamarcus Aldridge again? Well, right now he's being <laughs> used 28.5 percent of the time, so that's going to obviously take a dip. That's got to be like a top 10 usage. But do you think that's going to at least it's less than Dennis Smith? Um, but <laughs> do you think that that's going to play into? Do you think they're going to try to at least use Lamarcus Aldridge a little bit more now, especially with the way he, that he's playing when they bring in Kawhi, especially just kind of easing him into basketball? Yeah. How do you think those two at least? back and forth will do once that you know Kawhi is 100% healthy and going to take over the role that he you know usually has as the number one. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be, a, honestly, a pretty big challenge because Kawhi Leonard is Kawhi Leonard's not a super selfish player, which is awesome, mm-hmm. but the problem is is he is your best player by a long shot. Yeah. Like, you need to feed him the ball, and I get it that LaMarcus Aldridge needs the setup time. He needs the, the sets offensively to run through him so he gets comfortable and he starts to get a groove. So it's going to be a little tricky. The nice thing is you can really just have Kawhi be a primary, secondary ball handler out there, and he will, nine times out of ten, make the right decision. He's a very smart player. He knows the offense. He knows what Pop wants to do with this team. So I'm happy with the unselfishness. I'm concerned that they might go to LaMarcus, even though it's not in their best interest when Kawhi is back. And what do you think that at least means? So you're, they're going to try to feed LaMarcus They're going to try to force the problem. ball through LaMarcus too much, mm-hmm. and he's not your best player. You shouldn't be forcing the ball through your second best player, taking touches away from your best player. And how do you think they can use at least those two skill sets of Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge together efficiently? Because obviously right now, yeah. we, I mean, we have kind of seen it worked out before. I mean, this is But it's what, for three short seasons? stints. Yeah. That's the problem is they've not been able to keep them both performing highly at the same time. You so see you one think, take over than the other. Do you think that at least uh, LaMarcus being hot right now and Kawhi coming in, yeah. do you think it's better that LaMarcus is hot and Kawhi needs to get hot? Do you think that yeah. you know, LaMarcus with the, you know, kind of the way the NBA is, now, you know, going away from bigs, do you think the fact that LaMarcus is hot is going to help and possibly help him keep hot for longer? Yeah, I do. I think that it's been a bonus to you that you've had LaMarcus turn back the clock to his performance of the old days when he was on, you know, like the Trailblazers and Mm -hmm. being a dominant force. Obviously not feeling the stat line is ridiculous, but he's on a much better team. There's a reason. I think that getting Kawhi ramped up, you will have that ability. You don't have to force feed, you know, Kawhi the ball, so you can let him come back with a minutes restriction, play him for you know, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, build up his endurance, build up his conditioning again, and you still have Lamarcus Aldridge. You need to, re- you can rely on at the end of the day because he is he's a good scorer. He's still fairly efficient, and when he gets in his groove, he's he's very hard to stop. So it's really the question of. When we start hitting the end of the season and playoff time, will they have found a good balance with them both going 100% all the time? And obviously, you, know, you want Kawhi to be the guy. If yeah. one of them's not 100%, you want it to be LaMarcus Aldridge. Right. You want Kawhi taking over. We've we seen him, what Kawhi can do. We saw him last year in the playoffs, and obviously they were given Golden State hell when he was in the <laughs> game, but also even in that Grizzlies game. I mean, there was two games, uh, I believe both in Memphis, that he took over yeah. in the fourth quarter late. I think one of them went to overtime. 
Kawhi was absolutely ridiculous in those last minutes. And I think that's the thing is you mentioned leadership. Mm -hmm. This is a guy in Kawhi Leonard, and again, the one worry of his injury with the quadricep is that it's going to be a chronic injury. If it is. And if it is, I mean, this is Lamar, you know, Kawhi Leonard. I was going to say Lamar Kazanjas. This is Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Who is having his best year last year, and we he's see him still better. growing yeah. as a scorer. The thing is, he's you know, if he's growing as a defender, <laughs> he might be you know Scottie Pippen level, you know, one of the greatest I, defenders I, yeah. of all time. If he's still yeah. growing as a defender, but at least scoring wise is where we obviously <laughs> needed to see him take a growth. You needed yeah. to see him be more of a playmaker. You needed to see him hit more of his shots and create more of his shots. Right. He obviously did that last year. With the quadricep injury, what are you expecting from Kawhi out of the gate? Do you expect him to be Kawhi out of the gate? Because he is a robot. He is. He has no emotions. He just works. It's like an on-off switch with Kawhi Leonard. I don't expect to see a whole lot of problem with him. I think he's still probably um, in decent enough basketball shape. The The worry for me is, mm -hmm. it's going to sound stupid, because I know the Spurs have one of the best organizations, best trainers, best staff, best everything. So my concern is his conditioning out of the gate. It's how well will he transition back into you know, playing more than 20 minutes a night at the NBA level. Will it take him the first month to get back up to speed? Because a quad injury, you have to get back to trusting yourself first off, yeah. which is a big step. And we've seen players in the past have issues where, yeah, they sort of trust it, but their game changes because of the injury, which I'm hoping it doesn't have to. Well, you also expect and, and kind of wonder what he's, his mentality and, and his reaction is going to be when yeah. guys start to close out on him like Zaza did. No, and that's true, that's true. I mean, there's, there's a whole mental aspect. I know... Um, I was reading the whole thing about like Derrick Rose and like how he's had to change and adapt his game because of his injuries and because and you have to worry mentally for the player and what happens in those situations. Mm -hmm. I think that's a fair concern and the the upside is it's still Kawhi Leonard. Like I just there there's that thought in the back of your head of, he'll be fine. Like he said he's a robot. Like yeah. he'll come back 100% same as he was before. And that's what you have to hope for as a uh, Spurs fan. And are you okay with him taking a dip statistically if it just means he's healthy out there because last year one of the best players in the NBA, like we said, 25 right. points per game, 5.8 rebounds per game, 3.5 uh, assists per game, 1.8 near two steals per game, mm -hmm. near a block a game, shooting 48% from the field, and also 38% from three in 34.3 minutes. So do you think that stat line is going to take a dip, not only minute-wise, but also just efficiency-wise, just because he's obviously going to be out to a slow start to, yeah. to go right away? I, I would expect it to today to take a dip. Uh, the big thing is, like I said, don't don't push him out there before he's not ready. This is a Spurs team that is still 11-6. and six. You're still the third-best record in the West. Mm -hmm. Like There is no need to rush. And the other thing is that we haven't even talked about, Tony Parker, the leader, you know, emotional leader of this team, is going to be coming back roughly the same time frame it looks yeah. like. So you're going to get back not only Kawhi Leonard, one of the best two-way players, you know, a top five candidate for a player in the NBA, but also Tony Parker, a guy who's been there, done that, led teams, and has been clutch. Well, and right now, Mano Ginobili is being used the third highest amount on that team. Bar soap. He's 40 years old. So that's going to take a break <laughs> off Mano. That's going to take a break off the market, bringing in Tony Parker. I'm obviously going to be worried, too, about Tony Parker because yeah. that was a pretty nasty injury oh that he God, suffered yeah. in the playoffs as well. Um, but looking at... The Spurs schedule and when he possibly can come back, I would probably look at that September, uh, that Saturday, December 9th date where they're going to be at Phoenix or at Dallas. They go Phoenix and then to Dallas back to back. I think mm. that might be a very it's a nice cushy return. <laughs> I think that's going to be a place. Or if they want to keep it easy schedule wise, um, Tuesday, December 12th, that's at Dallas, then at Houston. That's going to be a tough game, but then they go back to Dallas. So that's not yeah. too bad of a trip. And then you play at home. 
against LA. So that's four games in the state of Texas. I wouldn't be shocked if that's when they bring back Kawhi Leonard. What are your expectations for the Spurs team once they add back possible MVP candidate Kawhi Leonard and then also Tony Parker? Where do you think this team can I really push themselves? Because right now they're third in the Yeah, I, I think they're they're the Spurs. They're still going to be a top three team in the West. I don't think they drop off. Obviously, they're not going to drop off mm-hmm. by adding back talent, but. I don't know that they have enough to push ahead of a team like the Warriors or the Rockets because, to be honest, the Rockets have been doing it without Chris Paul. Yeah. And that's even more of a stab. So I'm a little concerned that they're kind of stuck in that awful position of we're a great team, we're consistently great, but you don't necessarily have enough to beat out the Warriors or the Rockets. But the big thing is, is it doesn't matter for the regular season. You can go into the playoffs as the third seed. This is a team that if they have... Their health lines tie up where everybody's healthy, everybody's back to 100% minutes, and they're all feeling it come playoff time. I don't want to face them in a series. Well, Are you kidding me? And the thing is, too, I mean, you got to look at Spurs fans, and they're definitely wondering, well, what if? What if Kawhi yeah. Leonard was healthy? What if Kawhi Leonard, we got seven games we talked about that against the Warriors, yeah. and, and, and you know he was healthy, you possibly knock off the Warriors, and you're possibly going up your against world the Cavs the finals. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously a lot of what ifs there. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're probably going to cement themselves as the two seed in the Western Conference. The Rockets, I think, are going to fall below them. I think the Warriors mm-hmm. obviously going to take over as the number one seed. I think yeah. they're probably looking at a Warriors, Spurs, Rockets. Um, but then again, Rockets versus the Spurs in the second round. Hell yeah. Sign I mean, me up that's for that. Thing. It's fun. That's the thing. As long as they're all happy and healthy for the playoffs, that's what we want to see. That's I want a series, and I want to be a full series. Mm-hmm. I honestly want that Spurs-Warriors rematch. So bad. Yeah, it should be fun. Let us know what you think Kawhi Leonard brings back to the Spurs. Obviously, he's bringing a top-level talent, <laughs> one of the best players in the NBA, yeah. and we're glad that Kawhi Leonard's going to be back. But let us know what you think is going to happen when the Spurs come back. Or not when the Spurs come back, when Kawhi Leonard <laughs> comes back to the Spurs at the end of this one. But that's going to wrap up this podcast. Check out the Fast Break OT edition. David and I are going to give our power rankings for the NBA rookies so far. We're pretty much a quarter way through the NBA season, so check that out on our YouTube page. If you're listening on iTunes, give us a five-star rating to the Onside Kick, Primetime Podcast, Fast Break Podcast, and Rick and Johnny. You're doing a great job if you do that. We love you so much, and we appreciate you a ton. Also, patreon.com slash podcast. Check out that $10 tier. It's pretty damn sweet. We're going to have Jake on yep. next week to talk NBA with us because he's a part of that $10 tier. It's super fun, but also you get some pretty cool stuff at the $1 tier, $2 tier, and $5 tier. So definitely check that out if you are interested. Patreon.com backslash most available podcast. Also, if you're listening on Talk Radio, big shout out to you. And also, happy Thanksgiving. I don't know. It's probably after it's Thanksgiving. It's probably Black Friday. Happy Thanksgiving anyways. <laughs> I didn't do it at the end of the, uh, the start of the podcast. I didn't do it at the end of the podcast. Well, if people are listening on Blog Talk Radio, they get a happy Thanksgiving. They'll still hear it. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We love you so much. But for Dave Oster, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.